Take a trip with us to New Park. Just promise not to drink the goo. If you get sucked into the matrix, we will send a phone for you. Do you believe in fate? But every movie has a plot hole. And every hole gets filled somehow. Whiskey, wine, or blue milk. Just don't cut me off right now. With a Love of two, we're the plotaholics, ripping plots apart for you. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Plotaholics podcast. I am Shane Wilson. I'm joined, as always, by the Nick Cage to my Pedro Pascal. That's accurate. That's very (laughs) accurate. That is very accurate. Oh, hey, you know, before we get too deep into this, I noticed a comment on one of our past videos last week, and I kind of want to address it. Yeah, I, I never look at that stuff. So what is it? Yeah, me either. So to Mr. or Mi- to Mr. Siskoke ninety seventy four with the little avatar of the golden retriever, to say that Katie Salitis does not understand the character of Obi Wan Kenobi goes oh, to that, show how I'm, little you don't know the character of Obi Wan Kenobi. I will put Katie Salitis's character breakdown of Obi Wan Kenobi against anything that you could throw out any day of the week twice on Sunday, four times at leap year and eight times on your birthday, just to be a dick. Okay. Um, I did. Uh, I did see that. That's been there for a while though. Yeah, no, but I just never saw it and it just kind of irked me off for whatever reason. So you and your two subscribers and your horribly ingrammatic ability to troll, you smell like pee. That's fair. But to his credit, Mm -hmm. ingrammatic, not a word. All right. Well, grammatically inaccurate. How's that? Because I'm sorry. Better, but this woman does not understand Obi Wan as a character. Let 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 let's see. For one, Obi Wan is not just one word. It's two words. In it's a name with two words in it. Okay, Obi space one. Mm-hmm. Two. Katie is a woman. She's not a woman. She's all. She is singular. I worry that this individual wanted to say these women as in women don't understand star wars but again we'll give this person the benefit of the doubt and think maybe not a misogynist maybe just disagrees with katie salinas yeah why don't you just say i disagree with um katie's whatever and give me some examples you can't just sit there and say well you don't understand the character and then don't cite any sort of examples to your point because you're just running your mouth at this point trying to troll and, yeah. and honestly, like Obi Wan Kenobi, kind of a snooze fest. So it was not good. Like it was, um, it was the same episode six times. Pretty much, yeah. The only thing that made it more interesting was, holy crap, there's Darth v- Vadakin. 
Is Darth Vader really like still the thing that makes things interesting? Because I think like not anymore. I'm kinda, yeah, I'm kind of past that shit too. Like well, not only that, but Obi Wan kind of like uh, Obi Wan killed the uh, killed the uh, the novelty for it. Really, Obi Wan really murdered the novelty. The only real novelty for it that that time around was the fact that Hayden Christensen was back, and still, like that was okay. But the whole Vader in and of himself, the Vader novelty. For me, after Rogue One, which was amazing, and then Vader versus Ahsoka in Rebels, interesting. After that, enough. Because now he's not this mysterious figure anymore. Now he's just the dude that's always there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know how I feel about all of it. I grew up loving Star Wars. and I'm certain I hate it a lot. So over it. So I am too. Like I watch Bad Batch because it is legitimately... Not like the other Star Wars stuff. Yeah, what's it's just Andor not... like? Have you watched any of that? No, I still feel so jaded. I didn't really like the character of Andor even in Rogue One. He was just yeah. like, he wasn't anyone like important to me, but I keep getting told that I should watch it. So maybe after this season of Bad Batch, because I'm only giving one Star Wars property my attention at a time right now. Yeah. And like, right I'm now it's Bad like, Batch. I'm not even super pumped for New Mandalorian. I don't really care. As much as I love our good buddy and one half of the topic of conversation for today, Pedro Pascal, even though I love the man to death, I'm just I'm I'm better I mean, in that show. Yeah, especially with The Last of Us, like that's where yeah. a lot of his attention is. Pedro Pascal is like recording all of his lines in some sound booth somewhere on the other side of the planet. That dude behind that mask is not Pedro Pascal. Yeah, and then he just shows up like 10, 15, 20 minutes. A week. For any unmasking they have to Yeah, do. for any unmasking. Matter of fact, they get it all. Matter of fact, he's only on set really for like two hours, and that's to shoot his entire season's unmasking. Yeah. And then he's back to doing Pedro Pascal. Not only if they're showing like full frontal facial nudity. Yeah. If it's just from the side, just get a look alike. Exactly. Or CGI. They're 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 really yeah. big or on the CGI, CGI these okay. days. Yeah. Yeah. Um Princess Leia CGI in Rogue One is still so terrible. It's just yeah, I mean, anyway. Yeah, and this, this is, is not a Star Wars podcast. No, not no. Thank God it's not. We would be done after an episode. Because I'm just tired of it. Anywho. I'm I'm done. Yeah. So okay. So we continue our look back at 2022's like weird, wacky world of movies. And uh, this one is more of a hidden gem, really, because uh-huh. I didn't even know anything about this, but apparently a lot of y'all did. Um, I left a couple of comments. Matter of fact, I was talking to to Melinda, Melinda D, my co-host for the uh, Tan Talks, and she was super excited. She's super excited for this episode because yeah. she's seen this movie. And shout out to a Faith Morrow who is on our Fandoms United page. If you're on the Facebook and you want to get into a uh, some geek chat share some geeky um, memes, go to our Fandoms United Facebook group and um, check it out. But even she's like into the, she's into the movie. But y'all three are the only ones that I've heard talk about this movie at all. So I I enjoyed it. Um, this was so, fun, man. This, yeah. is, this is so much fun. Oh my God. Uh, this week, Mr. Tan, we are discussing the um, Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage. I'm sorry, Nicolas Cage as Nick Cage in and the Nicholas. unbearable weight of massive oh. talent. Well, he was Nicholas. He was Nick Cage 
and Nikki Cage. R- right. <laughs> yeah. uh, why don't you slice us off a little of that tenopsis? Nicholas Cage is down on his luck. He's got a 15-year-old daughter who can't stand the sight of him, an ex-wife that loves him but just can't put up with him anymore. He's got an agent who really just doesn't care to take his call. That is until a mysterious man by the name of Javi pays him $1 million to show up at his birthday party. What turns out to be a fan love fest slash filmmaking partnership turns into a secret CIA mission. Oh, yeah. As only these things happen to Nicolas Cage. (laughs) This movie feels like uh, like the the synopsis of this movie feels like you're doing like you're doing a Mad Lib, right? It really does. It really feels like you're just throwing a bunch of things together and seeing what works. But when I saw this and you know how I'm a sucker for like fourth wall breaks and meta narrative and like self-awareness. When I saw this trailer, that's your thing. That's your thing. Tailor made for me. I you know what? This was tailor made for the plot of Holics, man. Yeah, I love anytime uh, an actor becomes so self aware that they play themselves in the movie, but they, but the version of themselves that they play is just a version of themselves from other movies, right? Or it's a version it's of themselves snake that like eats its own tail, right? Right? Or it's a version of themselves that we think who they are in real life. Because, yeah, you we know, want them to be right. We want Nicolas Cage to like scream for no reason in public. And just yeah. be the over-the-top Nick Cage. Like we want him to ask for a check at a restaurant in the same voice from the Wicker Man. Did you ever watch the Andy Samberg get in the cage bit that I told you about from SNL? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I love the Andy Samberg Nicholas Cage stuff. Oh my God. Why am I, I not know. in this movie? <laughs> I don't understand why I'm not in this. <laughs> well, what you have to understand is. The only way that you can get truly ready for a film role is to let a rattlesnake attach itself to your ankle and hold on for 10 minutes straight. That's the way Nicolas Cage does it. So good. Oh my God, I can do Nicolas. I can do Andy Samberg doing Nicolas Cage. I'm so happy. Yeah, Nicolas, it should be noted that Andy Samberg does not do a good Nicolas Cage, but it is very funny. It is extremely hilarious. Did you you see the one where Nicolas Cage was on there with Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It's almost like looking in a mirror. (laughs) Only not. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that shit's so good. Um, I seriously uh, wish that I could have been famous enough of a comedic actor that I could be on Saturday Night Live and be the black Nicolas Cage. But I would have like an I would have an afro with the receding hairline, sort of how like Andy Samberg had the Nicolas Cage haircut with the receding hairline. Well, okay. Well, this uh, this asks a good question, right? So if you were if you were a SNL star like Andy Samberg, who would Mm -hmm. be the movie star that you would want to like parody? Who who would I want to be my claim to fame? Right, your impression, right? Um, it would either be Terry Crews. Or um, it would have to be someone like super famous, like See, so think, that everyone would I know who you want to do. Somebody like like a Samuel L. Jackson. I would try. I would. It would be to be Terry Crews or Samuel L. Jackson well, because Terry Crews is already a comedian, right? True. So making fun of him doesn't work, right? Yeah. Like you actually, I would probably have to be Lawrence Fishburne because Sam Jack Samuel be, yeah. Jackson is really good at teasing himself. Yeah, but Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne is be a good one. super yeah. serious. That's a like, good one. 
or like, Denzel Washington. Denzel, or- yeah. Like, cause see the thing, what's funny is about on Lawrence Fishburne talk about how seriously he takes himself. My mother to this day does not like Lawrence Fishburne because he goes by Lawrence. She preferred him when he went by Larry Fishburne, but That's since so he's funny. since he's Lawrence now, she goes ever since he decided he's good. My name is Lawrence. Yeah. I have no, I don't, I, I just don't like him. I'm like, but mom, um, what if that's what he goes by? But everyone just called him Larry when he was a kid, right? Um, all right, so let's uh, let's get into it. Let's start let's get into it if you believe with in fate, Mr. Cage. All right, who have we ever had Nicolas Cage in a movie on the plot of Holics? In this our is four our years? this is our first foray into Isn't the Nicolas Cage. I know. Crazy? That is weird because I've been wanting to do at at least do Raising Arizona, which is my favorite Nicolas Cage film, Raising Arizona. Yeah. But we just haven't been able to get to any Nicolas Cage. So I'm really, really glad. I'm glad that we got some Nicolas Cage in our existence now. Yeah. So um, when I was coming up, I I came up with the like gone in 60 seconds version of Nicolas Cage. Okay. Yeah. but I was a big fan of City of Angels, and I know that's a po- an unpopular opinion. Um, but I liked it. It's totally unappreciated. I think it is underappreciated. I think it's good. I Honest, think- I'm not even gonna lie; I haven't watched it. I guess I- we're gonna. I guess we're gonna have to do a Nicolas Cage month at some point. Yeah, probably. Maybe now, we'll just City of Angels for like Valentine's week or something. That's cool. Or what? What's that one movie? It could happen to you. Remember when he's a cop and he leaves Bridget um, Fonda a um, tip? He says, since I can't tip you, if I win this lottery ticket, I'll give you a portion of it. And Rosie Perez is his wife and she's all pissed off at him because he's given her like this big tip. So um, if we were going to do Cage, I feel like we would have to do two months of it because you do like early Cage, right? You would do the like the still trying to be a serious actor cage. And then you would do like the latter day cage, which where he's like really leaned into the latter day cage. It sounds like he's an offshoot of the Mormons, (laughs) the latter day. Yeah. Like you would have to do, well, we would, would we we would have to do like the wicker man. man. Yeah. We'd have to do wicker man. Um, But you would also, we probably have to almost do like an entire um, year of Nicolas Cage. Well, not even so much a year, but we would have to do a quarter of Nicolas Cage because you would have to do his career in beginning, middle and recent. And it would legitimately probably drive us crazy. Yeah, because we would just be randomly screaming at each other with like a high crescendo at the end. Like I could just imagine you teaching a class and you're like... Why don't you understand your subject and predicates? <laughs> I, okay, so Nicholas Cage is uh, is here. He's and down on his luck. This, this is this really has JCVD type of feel to it. Not venereal disease, but you know the movie Jean Claude Van Damme where like, he's playing. <laughs> Jesus Christ, venereal disease. <laughs> That is a weird ass. That is a weird ass thought for a disease. Holy it's shit! It's a metal band's name if I've ever heard there it. There you go. <laughs> but it's very meta in that same sense where you know in that film Jean Claude is Jean Claude Van Damme's playing a a down on his luck version of himself. We're mm-hmm. seeing the same thing here with uh, Nicolas Cage, and we see you know he's begging this Hollywood director to put him in his movie. He's doing a horrible Boston accent monologue trying to prove to him that he belongs in his movie 
Doogie Hauser, aka Neil Patrick Harris, plays this agent who. Oh, sorry. I I'm, I'm going through a tunnel. I can't hear you. I'm going. That's He's the way it's so going good. for him. He's That's so what. Good. But I have to say though, the opening, the prologue to this film, mm-hmm. I watched like 10, 15 times. Yeah. Yeah, when the girl and her boyfriend are sitting there and they're watching um the Nicholas Kate, they're watching face off. Yeah. And the guys break in and she takes off running and she just runs into a dude that just clocks her and she just like <laughs> I swear to God, it looked like a UFC knockout. She just started. She really doing, did put that chick down. <laughs> dude, when she did one of these, she was like <laughs> <laughs> it seriously looked like you it reminded me of Mike Tyson's punch out when you catch Glass Joe and he's just like <laughs> um yeah no, no. and and so like this there's it starts with this big kidnapping that and we think that well at least the cia thinks that this javi has something to do with it right Javi, uh played by pedro pascal go ahead yeah so yeah so so basically nicholas cage is ready to quit acting because he doesn't mm-hmm. get the part his daughter hates him because he gets drunk as hell at her birthday party it was so good it was hilarious <laughs> Shout out to Kate Beckinsale. I think that's Kate Beckinsale's daughter, by the way, that played Addie, which is also my granddaughter's name. Is that right? I believe it is because every time you click her name on her um, Wikipedia page, it goes to Kate Beckinsale. And she has the same last name as um, whatchamac- as um, her ex-husband. Oh, well, there you go. No, as um, Michael Sheen, AKA, a.k.a. Marcus from um, Twilight, Aka Lucian from um, Underworld. So yeah, that, that, that that's Anna Kate. McDonald, right? Huh? Anna McDonald is who you're talking about? No, Lily Moshin. Oh, Lily Moshin. Lily Moshin. Oh, oh, sorry, I got these two confused because you have the in movie. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Movie wives wife and daughter and then you have the at the end of the movie wife and daughter right so like right right gotcha Uh, that's where i was i was like i got it backwards all right so i love her name lily machine yeah that that's Um, a slapping ass name now that's a band name right there lily machine um so basically so he i'm sorry go ahead no go ahead all right so long so so setting up that that's our intro to the film and then he finds out from his agent that this guy is willing to pay him a million dollars to do a birthday gig, to just go and hang out with with this with a rich guy for his birthday. Yeah. And he's finally so down and out on his luck that he agrees to go. Yeah. And that's when we meet Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz. Do they not ever do movies together? I don't know, but I love them. I, I, I love them together. I need more movies with them together. Yeah, this is the second time that we've had those two together on the podcast. Yeah, yeah the and, first time was such I a think, great... I think that Ike... I think that independently, those two people are very funny. Yeah, and, but together... Yeah. I want them as the parents in a Home Alone remake. I would like that. I would also really like to see them get their own, like, Key and Peele-esque sketch comedy show. Absolutely. Absolutely, I want to be I want to be fat Lawrence Fishburne. In that right, show. exactly. Let's get Haddish and Barinholtz as like a comedic duo, you know. Absolutely. So we meet um, Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz, and Tiffany Haddish, like you know, fangirls for Nicolas Cage, and slips a uh, tracking device on him, 
And then that's where we meet um, Javi Gutierrez, played by Pedro Pascal, a billionaire. Now, take a moment here, because I've never liked Pedro Pascal more than I like him in this movie. You know, Melinda said this best, and I stole it for the Phantoms United page, and she called me out on it. But if Pedro Pascal is not like this in real life, I am horribly disappointed. Yeah, I've never really vibed with this dude that much. Like, I didn't like, I mean, I was whatever about Game of Thrones. Like, he was fine, but he wasn't like melting my face off. You know, like he was. Well, he also, well, he also, well, he also had his chiclets knocked out really, really quick and murdered. Right, exa- exactly. So he wasn't around much. The Mandalorian is pretty good, but like how much of that is him? And also he's like not really, like he's not emoting much, right? So that's like, the Mandalorian's a badass character, but it's not necessarily because of Pedro Pascal. He was awful in Wonder Woman. Oh my Uh, God, Wonder Woman was terrible. Like he, there's no, like if I were him, I would be like, yeah, I'm not doing this movie. Like This guy continues to be sort of like the it guy right now. In spite of the fact that he was in Terrible Wonder Woman, he was in some sort of like Shark Boy and Lava Girl reboot that nobody even wanted. Like he was, he was in the evil. This guy getting everything. Like I think it's because he's just that guy that you really want to love, man. Like, he's just that guy right now. He's just yeah. that guy. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, he was really good in Kingsman: The Golden Circle. He was pretty good in that. Okay. Um, the thing is, like, he. I believe he's a talented actor. I just feel like he keeps getting like he keeps put getting in, put in bad movies. Right, but at the same time, I love him here. Like the, he's, I've never liked him more than I like him in Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yeah, he was even in an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, completely unrecognizable. Like you wouldn't even know it was him. He was like seven years old. He was. Let me see. This was like in 1999, so he was like in his like early 20s. 20s. Like he was in his early mid 20s with no facial hair. You wouldn't yeah. recognize him. Well, the mustache has become so, like, yeah, you know, you got you've got to ride the mustache mountain when it comes to Pedro Pascal. If you, well, right, if you if you're Pedro Pascal at this point, you can never shave it off unless no. it's for a role. Because I think he didn't he shave it off for Wonder Woman, and that's why that movie was. That's and among the other reasons and, why and the movie I feel was like horrible. he lost something because of that. It's like Samson's long hair, you know. Yes, yeah, his mustache. Well, he also shouldn't be wearing like the. Uh, Tella Evangelist, um, bright blue tuxedo as well. That right. was just a horrible fashion choice. With that movie. Yeah, there was there was so much wrong with that movie. The only good part of that movie was the Linda Carter cameo and Kristen Wiig and Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Um, how like I know we're taking a real deviation here, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about The Last of Us and Tan Talks. Um, How's it first, going up there? so we're two episodes in yeah. on the last of us and I'll tell you what, man, this, this show, even though I know what's going to happen, HBO has done an amazing job with it. Yeah. Um, they've made some creative changes to the mythos, which only makes it scarier and creepier. Melinda, right. Melinda and I were talking about, um, so in the game, it's um, spores that help spread this along where now the infected have these, these fungi things in their mouths that like, Oh, but it's not, but it's not like mandible opening type of Mm -hmm. thing. It's like they open their mouths and like these fuzzies just come out. Like they try to French kiss you to death. Yeah. (laughs) And it's real creepy, but it makes it a lot scarier than just, oh, wow, we got to stay away from spores. Just don't go near them. No, now it's just, you know, there's that. 
And they do a really, really good job in really explaining how a fungal infection is actually way more dangerous than any other, than a bacteria or a virus, because you can't kill fungus. Yeah. Like all, you can't kill fungus as easily. So no, I think we're doing really, really well. We're hitting our stride. Um, Melinda had never done a pot, has not done podcasting before, but she does a really good job in nice. discussing it. She's nice. I think I'm we're watching them because I haven't watched the series yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, Michelle and I do want to get into it, mix it up. I think know. you're, you've never played the games. Have I've you? never played it. No, I think you're going to really enjoy it. And then if you do choose to play the games later, like if you pick up a PlayStation, whatever, and you want to try it. Yeah. I think that you're really going to be happy with it. Um, Pedro Pascal as Joel, he's, he's, nail- he's nailing it. He is good. nailing it. And um, Bella Thorne is definitely nailing it as Ellie. She's got a little, I want to say she has just a touch, mo- just barely a touch more attitude in the in the show than in the game. And that's only because Bella no. Thorne, well, because yeah, she's she's basically she's playing her character from Game of Thrones in this show, where she's very fearless. Yeah, I you love Bella I mean? Thorne. Honestly, I know that Bella Thorne is great. Opinion either, but I, I like dudes like to shit on her. They but... don't, they only want to shit on her because of the fact that she is out, non-binary, mm-hmm. and they don't like it. Yeah. Like I, I noticed that whenever a woman comes out, huh? I think she's hot though. I don't find her hot, like, but the, I I just yeah, find I her great. She's played really like crazy people in movies. She plays crazy, scary people. Yeah, where and it's it's it makes it, it it's the it's the danger factor yeah. of them that makes her makes it uh, a it sort of her. a sexiness. Yeah, yeah, I, but, I, like, I like that, Michelle. But I've, but I've noticed a lot of men, especially these trolls, when they find out that a woman isn't straight. That's when their hate comes. Yeah. Uh, Michelle likes to rib me uh, because she's like, I can always tell who the crazy person is in a movie because it's the one that you think is the hottest. Yeah. And I'm like, and and, and my radar is like 100% accurate, right? So it's she's like, well, who's the hottest one in this? And I'm like, it's that. And she's like, so the, she's the killer then. And then we get to the end and that's who it was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did you do that with the, new, with the newest screen? Did you do that? I haven't seen the newest screen yet. Okay, fair enough. Um, although I'm excited about Scream in New York, <laughs> only reason why I'm not is that Nev Campbell isn't back. Yeah, that sucks because they but... they don't want to pay they don't want to pay a girl, pay a lady. Yeah, how do you how do you pay? I mean, I understand why you pay Courtney Cox. She's Courtney Cox, but Nev Campbell has been there since day one, and without Nev Campbell, you don't have a series. Yeah, but um, anyway. anywho, anywho. But well, no, check out check out here. Tan Talks. Check out Tan Talks on the um, exclusively on our YouTube channel every um, Monday. Okay, so like the, the the middle meat of this movie is Nick Cage being resistant to doing this. Like he, he's not happy to be there, but, but he's, he's being polite along with it, right? Right. Two guys become like best friends, and it's my favorite <laughs> thing. It really is. Like when they start to become friends, I am so hooked into this. It's so funny. So, like, we realized that Pedro Pascal or, or Javi has invited Nick Cage out to this island to try to pitch him a script. Right. And, like, he goes into a monologue, much the same as Nicolas Cage right. did at the restaurant. And at first, Nicolas Cage ain't down, but then he gets into it. And then they jump off a cliff, and he goes, what the fuck? 
I didn't think that it was that deep. What the? But he had a ball. Often they like slip into these like overly dramatic like dialogue exchanges. It's so good. It's... Even like the the scene where they like climb over the wall and he like, <laughs> you he, like made grabs his hand and holds and but like lets him go and the the ground is just like a foot down and he's just like no. <laughs> And then he falls off, and then he like he's sitting there crying for him, and then he just walks around the wall. Right. And goes, hey, he goes, what the? He goes, oh, I, I guess we could have just walked around. I was like, what the? That shit is so. That funny, was the dude. most hilarious thing. Oh, and there's man. a lot of that kind of humor, like that, that like out of like we, because we get the idea that like actors and and creatives sort of live in this like alternative universe, right? And yeah, but it's. It's true. Right, exactly. So they like lean into that a little bit. And so like when they're being chased at the end by these legitimately terrifying, threatening people, like it is just like a scene from an action movie. And it just oh, like complete with the front with the fussing at each other over their footwear. He goes, you, you expect me to run in fucking penny loafers. Right. Yeah. Like, and your I, shoes I, have no ankle support. Well, we've talked about how like in so many movies, like women tend to like keep their high heels on when they're running from for example dinosaurs right yeah um and like i like that they like call attention to the ridiculous footwear choices in these movies i want to know two grown men swapping shoes i mean for one shane you and me are cool you my man 50 grand and all but i ain't swapping shoes with you well if you're gonna give me 50 grand i'll just buy my own yeah pretty much (laughs) plus i'm pretty sure plus i'm also sure you don't wear my size so I, I have the impression that of, that of all the terrorists that I could kill in the world, I would only I would get the one terrorist that has feet as small as Shane Wilson. What does that mean? I imagine that you <laughs> barely wear a size ten in the shoe. Oh, I wear twelve. Oh, really? Yeah. You've got little ass feet. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got bigger feet than you thought I did. Yeah, you have much bigger feet than I thought you did, but you still have small feet. Like I could not wear your shoes comfortably. My sure. I would have hammer time. My ankles would hurt and my back would explode. Yeah. I mean, I would just point out that um, a foot, which is the actual unit of measurement, is 12 inches. So I have <laughs> Fair enough. an you average have... size foot. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. By the literal definition. <laughs> yeah, but we only go about that. We only go by that measurement here in the United States. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But no, but but I your point is also well meter. Yeah. <laughs> But well, you know what? However, <laughs> 0.3 meters is is what I have in, in Europe. <laughs> but your point is also very well taken, and I was out of line for making fun of your feet. No, that's okay. I was not. <laughs> but, I could, but I could never ever fit your shoes. Is the the original point? Oh, sure. I could never. Fit. Sure. So so maybe, two grown men maybe, swapping. Maybe, shoes. maybe Brian. Maybe you just have very large feet, like comedically oh. large clown feet. I do about have the sideshow Bob going on. Right. So <laughs> I, I I think that it's hilarious that I, I bought a I bought some boots for a friend of mine for uh, Christmas. And this dude is huge. Like he's like six seven. Yeah. But he wears a size twelve. That's good. And I, See, I I'm six feet tall. Oh wow, you're taller than me too? I'm I'm taller than you and I have tiny little girl feet. Compared to me. Yeah, because I I'm I'm five eight, five nine. Yeah. depending on the day and i wear a size 15 yeah i have freakishly large feet like yeah if i were if i were over six feet tall i'd probably be in like a size 18 you would make a hilarious clown though i would 
Because your body <laughs> proportions are all weird. They really are. Like, <laughs> honestly. Clown makeup and clown outfit, you could, like, really play into that, right? If Damon Wayans would allow me to, I would take over the duties of homie the clown. <laughs> would you have been, if you... <laughs> <laughs> I was about to ask if if you want to do um, a remake of Little Man and you <laughs> and but you're the little man, but your feet are the same size. Oh, that would be great! Oh, I would love to do that film. Sign me up! Like you would have to CGI my feet and my face and put them on a toddler. Yeah. Oh, it, it, a lot of the running gags are that I can't really walk. Well, no, you, you would just have to film everything twice, right? In one right. in one shot, you would wear like a green suit from the neck down, and in the other ones, you would wear it from the ankles up. <laughs> oh, that would be would, awesome! And then we would just splice them together. So, in like, if you were just a little bit off in one of the takes, like your head would be a little bit ahead of the rest of your body. Like, I think that would be so funny. <laughs> Why don't we have the money to make films? Like, People, are, the critics are like, I thought I was going to see Little Man, but what I saw was some surrealistic horror about a melting man. <laughs> Can you imagine me being born with the feet that I have now? Like my poor mother. God, <laughs> thank God like, she had a C-section. Kick the door down and walk out. Fuck! <laughs> I have come to end the party. <laughs> what is happening? I wish, honestly, this is such a weird conversation. I wish that babies like got one sentence. I was like, just thinking just one sentence, one catchphrase, one something. Yeah, give us one more. catchphrase that we have like we have 9 months with nothing really going on. Like let us workshop it. Like let's think yeah. about it. Give us some time and pencil. Yeah. 9 9 months to like really come up with like a banger of a catchphrase so that when we like come out instead of like crying sniveling messes we can just be like you know, I came to end the party. Or <laughs> yeah. Hope you wasn't a party girl, because those days are over. Right. Or like... <laughs> or I think I've come to record parties. I got to go eat. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my daddy? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the mom just starts crying because she doesn't know. Yeah. So, rip. GG's. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, or, or better yet, can you imagine? Now you remember as as tasteless as it was the the prom night dumpster baby song from uh, yes. Family Guy. Can mm -hmm. you imagine that? Like the baby comes out, and just goes, "Well, this is some bullshit." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think babies. Listen, I think babies are a waste of time. Um, call me when you're old enough to to like do something. You know, oh, this is. <laughs> I had I had a theory one time, or not even a theory, but I feel like we would be better off as a culture if we took baby animals of different species and put them against baby humans in a fight to the death. Wow. It would make our babies stronger. Only the strong would survive. <laughs> We would have no babies because you you would have that one person that would put like a baby. I mean, they're, human they're going against... up against similarly aged lions. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure a recently hatched Komodo dragon has a a distinct advantage over a recently hatched human baby. Well, we would be evolving in a particular direction, is what I'm saying. <laughs> and, and look, so Michelle and I will just sit at like a restaurant or something, and some like little piece of shit kid will run through, and we're like, would definitely not beat a lion in a fight. <laughs> 
have you ever tripped a child that was like running in some place that not was not on um, accident? I mean, on purpose. <laughs> Freudian slip at its worst. <laughs> so, like, you're at a wedding and some kid is just running like wild. I have actually never tripped foot. a child. I want to go on the record and say <laughs> I've never actually tripped a child. I have like blindsided a kid, like, without realizing because they're like little and I'm just walking and then they're like, you know how kids will like run with reckless abandon and then like look over there and they plop yeah. right into the side of me and then they are just on the ground. I don't think you like you won't be able to see it on the camera, but I have a scar on my forehead where I had to get stitches when I was two. Yeah. Because I hit my uncle in the balls with a hammer and I took off running when he was chasing me. And I looked over my shoulder to see where he was. And when I turned around, I ran into the corner end of the table. Oof. So yep, that reckless abandon run. And then of course he was still mad that I hit him in the nuts with the hammer. He calls my mom at work and just goes, Yeah, no, kids at the something. hospital. Your kid's in the hospital with a hole in his head. Bye. And hung Bye. up. <laughs> he was mad as hell. Well, yeah, uh, I, get I get it. But that's that's um, the kind of comedy that, that you get. This I was like way into wrestling, and my yeah. dad was like taking a nap on the couch, and I was like, people's elbow. <laughs> <laughs> and like just dropped it on his face. Like, oh, you deserve your ass for that. He was pissed. He was pissed. Dude, um, I, I but, love it when I love it when little kids like when grownups let them win <laughs> play fights. Right. Yeah. And then they go up against an adult that's just not about that life. Yeah. And like yeah, pins the kid and the kid is all mad because they're losing. <laughs> they can't handle it. Yeah. Sorry that we got distracted there on But that's the kind of but the to the credit of this movie, that's the kind of funny this movie is because it just when you think you've got a point. It takes you someplace else. It is just totally wild. Like this movie is literally the buddy cop Nicolas Cage movie that I have always wanted. Yeah. Because we so we find out that Tiffany Haddish and um Ike Barinholtz are CIA agents, and Javi is said to be the head of a cartel. The cartel that glass Joe the shit out of the girl at the beginning of the movie. So Nicolas Cage is trying to spy on them, on Javi, for them because because of his thespian whatever the hell, he just knows how to be a spy because he's an actor. Well, it takes another turn when Javi brings Nicolas Cage's ex-wife and daughter out to their excursion because he he's telling Nicolas Cage you need to put to bed the feelings and the guilt that you have with your ex-wife and your daughter. Right. Well, Nicolas Cage is like, "Holy shit, he he's on to me and he's bringing my family out here to no, threaten me." But we find out that Javi is just really a man-child that doesn't yeah. doesn't know anything, right? Like yeah. he, Javi's he, father was the head of the um of the cartel. When his father died, his uncle, his cousin, took over. Yeah, but so made him know, the figurehead. I mean, he knows some stuff, but he's not the guy. He's just a he's a man child that has always had money. Yeah. So they think they have to kill each other because Javi's cousin says, "Well, this dude is CIA. You have to kill him because you brought him here." Yeah. So we get this over dramatic of them when they exchange shoes. Because they think they have to kill each other. And Nicolas Cage, of course, has the golden guns from Face Off because yeah. Javi actually had a life-size mannequin made 
of Nicolas Cage. He has this Nicolas Cage shrine. It is so wonderful. Who wouldn't have an if you could if come on man if you had the money you wouldn't have a Nicolas Cage shrine I he's sure like, shit would he's probably the one uh, should we talk a little bit about Nikki Nikki Cage so Nikki Cage is like young Nick Cage he is young Nick he's Cage projection he he is Nicolas Cage's imaginary friend yes that makes out with him when he needs reassurance yes. and give he gives him the tough love and affection that he needs. To keep going, but he's dressed like Nicolas Cage circa like 1980. Right. Which and is so funny. And he's credited as Nicholas Kim Coppola, his birth and, name. And he's dialed up, right? Way like, up. That's a dialed up version. This like Nicky Cage is who Nicholas Cage would be if he were in the WWF. Yeah. Nicholas fucking Cage. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's I, absolutely hilarious. I don't know. And... I just had a lot of fun watching this movie. There's like, I mean, you know, there's this movie is great. It it really so I don't wanna I don't like to say a lot about it. It's this is one of those films that, well, we you we're sort of giving you mild spoilers because Honestly, this is one of those movies where you have an idea of where the movie is going to go. You just have to watch it to see how it gets there. All right. Yeah, Anytime you. Not, it's not like. One, so once you get settled in and Nick Cage is hired by the CIA to do this thing and infiltrate this place, you sort of like. You kind of get an ace of like right, You're kind of like along for the ride at that point. You know uh, what's going to happen. Yeah, because the point here is not that it's like reinventing the espionage thriller <laughs> or reinventing the like undercover brother, like secret spy sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just the novelty of this premise. Right. That a Hollywood celebrity that's known to be in action movies is hired to be an action star in real life. Right. And work for the CIA. It's ridiculous. It's over the top. It's so funny it's a really great way to spend an, well, an hour and a half and you it's also the perfect length i love that i love a tight 90 yeah we're at about 90 uh, uh 40 i mean i'm sorry 107 minutes with uh credits yeah which is like just it's a little still good. It doesn't feel over long nothing it, feels overly done nothing it feels, feels it just flies right by let's talk a little bit about paddington too paddington too oh my god I, I never thought that Paddington 2 would be so crucial to a plot. Paddington, Paddington 2 isn't even yeah. crucial to its own plot. plot. The, the, the thing is, like, this is the exact reason why this movie works, is that it's so random. And really the, like, in Paddington 2 being a big deal in this movie is the, is the exact reason for that. Now, at, <laughs> at some point in the middle of this movie, I thought that we were watching the movie that Javi was pitching, right? Seriously. That's yeah, what I was thinking too. Right. And at the end that we would, that it would be revealed that Javi was played by Pedro Pascal, right? Like <laughs> we would meet the real Javi at the end, right? That would have been great. That would have been um, so great. But instead we do get a version of that, right? Because at the very end, like Nicolas Cage's family is being played by different people. And then we realize that we are watching the movie that, that they made. I it's love later. 
I love the fact that the mom comments that you like whose whose idea was it to have Demi Moore play Mama? That was a studio decision. Right, I love it. <laughs> this movie is so 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 meta and so tight. This is among like when we start to talk about the gems of Nicolas Cage's career. This is one. This is one. up there. Like for me right now, it goes Raising Arizona. Face off this movie, The Unbearable yeah. Weight of Massive Talent. Like, I think those are my top easily, it should be in anybody's top five Nick Cage movies. It should definitely be close to the top. Absolutely. This is the best movie he's done in years. Yeah, I think so. Like, even when they brought up The Croods, which right. was still very funny, but it, The Croods, it, 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 it's. That was one of his better movies that he was doing in this time where he's just making, making movies. movies. Right, when he's in everything. Right, but really, this is definitely up there as one of the best films. Like, honestly, I have no desire to watch Renfield because I kind of feel like this is more of Nicolas Cage just making stuff. Yeah. This is such a great movie. If you're a fan of Nicolas Cage, and you're like, man, I really wish that he would do something that I would want to see again. This is the movie for you. Right. Uh, you know, what kind of blows my mind is that he turned this movie down three or four times. He wanted to play Javi. That, isn't that crazy? At one point. Yeah. He turned this down, and then it turns out he wanted to be Javi until Pedro Pascal came on. And then he's like, fine, I'll be myself. Like, I wonder what, what, he, what his idea was in turning this down. Did he just feel like it was making fun of himself or like this is what wikipedia says is that eventually the writer director tom gormican wrote him a personal letter and that's when he agreed so like i think that this guy explained it to him a little bit more and got him on board also i totally noted the notice this this is something else that wikipedia points out is like when cage and uh javi are running from these two guys that they believe are spying on them and then they bump into those two guys later they're two different people like yeah. I noticed that, and I was like, "Those are two different people." <laughs> I love that they just like let that happen. Like that, that right? Just, they just let that be what it was. Their chemistry is so good. Like yeah, I, I want another. I want another one. I, maybe, maybe if not a sequel, maybe give us a you buddy know, cop movie of you know these two guys staging cops. Why don't we like this? To me, gives us a. Uh, it's like a new formula for that old like Expendables formula. Like yes. let's take old action stars and let's do like the unbearable weight of massive talent too with like one of those guys in getting hired by the CIA to go do another job. Oh, you where know they, where they played themselves again. You know what I mean? My first vote would be Chuck Norris. I want yeah, Chuck he, Norris. I want Chuck Norris and Mr. T having to go on some weird CIA mission. I, I need to know that Chuck Norris is self-aware because if he's not, then I hate him. Yeah, agreed. Like Mr. T is Mr. T is self-aware. He's very self-aware. He proved that with the movie Freaked. Right. Right. I would so, I would watch a why don't they just hire the A team? Like the like well, you can't because oh, um, George Pepper. George Pepper is dead. He's okay. Dead for well, let's get the rest of them. All right, yeah, let's get the other three, and then hire Liam Neeson to play Hannibal. Right, <laughs> and, and just have them go, Hannibal. You look a little bit different than the last time I saw exactly, you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and let's do the unbearable weight of massive talent too with the A team. Yes, with only Liam Neeson as Hannibal. 
And then like they Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz, like Tiffany Haddish calls them in, right? Fangirling again. Yeah, even though they're dead, even though they're dead, they somehow come back. And and well, they're not the A team; they're the actors. Yes, well, but I mean, Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz are dead. Oh, right, 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 right. But bring them I back to them, life. I want them back. Right. Yeah, so bring like, them back to life. This is all like, all right, the A team. You guys are going to go in, blah blah blah. She gives them their mission or whatever. Ike Barinholtz is like, you know, that's not the real A team, right? Like the A team is. She's like, I know, Ike, but like, I'm trying to get in the hi- the headspace here. Mister T and um, Dirk Benedict are looking at each other like, what the. F- What's happening? <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. I also like I like the Chuck Norris idea as long as like I mean He's I don't self-aware really aware enough Chuck Norris, but he needs to be self aware enough. Yeah, I, like but but you but with but if you use Chuck Norris, you're gonna have to have a bigger visual effects um budget because he's gonna get have to get into a fist fight, and just when it looks like he's about to be bested, another fist comes out of his from under his beard, punches the guy in the face. And then yeah. Chuck Norris hits him with a roundhouse kick. What I don't want is just 90 minutes of those old Chuck Norris jokes. No, I don't. Um, well, I would rather have the visual, not someone t- giving me the joke. I would rather have somebody give the joke and then like him like roundhouse kick that person. Right. Like he's so sick of the joke that he just roundhouse kicks the shit out of people. Right. Who else would be good in? Oh, what if? Oh, okay. Here's one. Here's one. Let's see if we can get like Sir Gordy Weaver and um, Tom Skerritt, uh-huh. and let's let's just get the cast from the original Alien. So okay, so here's here's a thought, right? So like one of the things about this movie that makes it so interesting is how um, Javi's favorite Nick Cage movie is Face Off, right? And he has this shrine right. built, right? So like, what if it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? But yeah. like he has a shrine built only to Mister Freeze. Oh. <laughs> Here we go. I got you. I got you, MF. I got you. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito. Yeah. Yes. And like, and Javi is also a huge fan of the movie Twins. And he has this massive shrine to both actors, but it's all from Twins. Like oh, he's bought see, their clothes. Well, see, he's got- I thought in this version, Danny DeVito also played himself, but he was the one that was paying for Arnold Schwarzenegger to come to see him so that they could make a new Batman movie featuring the Penguin and Mr. Freeze. I would like that. Well, I mean, hey, Danny DeVito has all that It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Exactly. He can afford so, like, to hire get there, And you have, like, the Always Sunny cast just, like, popping in, like, the guy from Glass Onion. Like, they're just, like, not Perfect. really part of it. They're just, like, there. Yeah, you just look up, hey, D. My name's not D. Yeah, <laughs> shut up, bird. <laughs> um, like, everyone keeps referring to them as their characters and just being really, really yeah. assholes. If Glenn Howerton's, like, the fuck, man? I'm, my name's Glenn. Yeah, fuck Danny you, Dennis. DeVito, like, throughout the film, like, Michael Keaton shows up, George Clooney shows up, Christian, yes. Bale, like, and he's like, we're doing a multiverse of madness, and they're like, that's not, that's not the, the no, you can't, <laughs> you can't, he's like, no, at no, one no. point, Christian Bale gets really pissed off and starts screaming at him right. in a parody from exactly. that bleak video. Like, no, I saw the Mr. Strange movie, we're doing this, we're doing this. <laughs> Batman. God damn it! Daddy! 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 I'm sure you're a beautiful person, but what the fuck? You are not professional! I love it. I would watch that movie. It would be chaos, but... Yeah, and that's the best kind of movie. Just nothing but... It's like the unbearable weight of massive talent meets the disaster artist. Meets the room. Yes. (laughs) 
I would watch that. Again, um, why don't we have the money to make these movies? Well, we, have great- because we would make really funny movies that nobody would want to watch. <laughs> Those movies would only be funny to us. Yeah, that's fair. And like, and then, but, 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 but we would also have to have like a sort of a, a niche type of thing. So you know how like Tommy Wiseau, we don't know if he's really Tommy Wiseau or if he's really like the character Tommy Wiseau. Right. Yeah, God. Like that, that would be us. I feel like I've spent way more of my adult life trying to answer that question than any person should. Remember when he answered our tweet? He just liked our tweet. Hey, that was still an answer. Yeah. And that makes me happy. <laughs> that makes me happy as well. Oh, man. When we had star of Samurai Cop 2, Lisa London on the show. That was so great. That was so great. Remember when we had the star of Hot Ticket to Hawaii? Man, I haven't watched that movie in a minute. I kind of need to go watch that again. I seriously want to go back and watch all of the Sedaris movies. Man, we've had some great times on this show. Man. We have. We have. I mean, we, we've sort of dialed back over the last couple of years to, you know, make sure that we weren't overstretched. Well, we, we were, were starting the, to stretch ourselves. Well, and we were in pandemic mode, too. Like, it was a little bit easier to do all of that stuff when we were all living at home. Yeah, but those were some great times. We've they done were. some great movies. And I don't know, really cool people. Yeah, we have. I think we should. I think for our 200th episode, which is Ooh. 11 episodes from now. Yeah. We should probably, it should probably just be maybe like a live like thing where like we just bring people in to talk about stuff. Yeah, like whatever, just shoot the shit. Yeah, kind of. Maybe see if we can get some of our old friends to come in. We've also, we've also sort of black, we've blacklisted a couple of people from this show as well. Like, remember, we have, yes. Yeah, remember we were supposed to have that interview and we got blown off? That's right. And then like two months later, they emailed us back. Like, hey, I'm good to schedule the interview. And it's like, nah, we're good. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> I haven't watched I haven't watched that person any of that person's movies, either two of those movies since then, or that TV show episode that they were in that I really liked. Yes. <laughs> of course you are referring to this. <laughs> 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 I was gonna try to come up with like a ridiculous version of the name. I was gonna call him like the Scooby Doo Crawl Dad or something. <laughs> <laughs> the Scooby Doo Crawl Dad. <laughs> oh god! But then again, when I really think about it, it was probably because his um, his good friend probably had COVID, so maybe that's why. That yeah, I, like I mean, it is what it is, man. Like it was what it was. It's okay. Yeah. It, and now, and now the we Scooby Doo Crawdad. That is perfect. Like, if we ever had like characters on this show, I would definitely play the Scooby Doo Crawdad. The Scooby Doo Crawdad. I would be the Scooby Doo Crawdad. I nah. would be that dad who just could not get rid of his glory when he was like 13, 14 years old, where he was like the greatest dancer in the hood, but he wasn't yeah. really that good of a dancer. Yeah, he's like always asking people if they've got some flat cardboard. Like he's in his fifties, he's like, "Hey, where's the, where's the cardboard at?" Hey, why don't you have your big old uh, boombox? We got to dance in the street. They're like, "I've got my MP3 player." He's like, "Dad, I've got my earbuds." God, <laughs> yeah, come on, Dad. I we don't need floors now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, we just don't do that anymore. Floors are cars are driving. Yeah, cars are driving on these streets, man. <laughs> oh man this has been a, this has been such a great experience <laughs> i know we talked very little about this movie but so sorry this was a great movie 
It really was. Let's get let's get Bartender Smiley in here. And, Please, uh, let's go. The Plotaholics rating system for the movies is a pretty simple system. Basically, they rate movies based on how many shots it takes to get through them. So if you got a good movie and you get through it all the way sober, then it takes zero shots to get through the movie. And then if you got a really bad movie, then it could take up to five shots to get through the whole thing. I think you can try to figure out the middle part yourself. So what can I get you? Look, it's zero for me. Like I It's just, an easy zero. I just had too much fun. It does exactly what it needs to do. It's just a good time. It's not going to be for everybody. Like You kind of need to be in on the joke. Uh, but yeah, it's very fun. It's it's great. It's if you've got if you've got a stars, if you've got stars, watch this film. If you don't have stars, look, man, use the six bucks plus tax and rent this on Prime. It's, it's very well, good. it's well worth your time. Um, For sure. Like this is probably one of the better films. Like the the the, the films that we've done so far from twenty twenty two, they've been bangers, man. Like been. not all the bangers are going to be out in theaters. Right. Like you, you've got to find these, you've got to find these hidden gems. Oh, oh. <laughs> but no, this is great. And I'll tell you what, and this might be a popular opinion, but I think that the fact that we're, that people are starting to get really, really exhausted with the, the comic book films mm-hmm. and the big visual effects films Movies like this are going to start coming back. They will. And that's why if you are... Type movies, I'm super pumped for it. Right. But if you are a fan of comic book films, your genre of choice is only going to get better because these films are finally... We're finally getting ways to sort of tickle the funny bone and give you an enjoyable experience without needing the formulaic... BS that has yeah. become comic book film. It has nothing to, like now. J- James Gunn taking over at DC, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Yes, that is going to force the MCU films to get better. But when you've got good third options of you're just tired of that genre, these films are going to start like, going. I feel like it would be smart of them. Like we just need one from each of those studios a year. If even that, yeah, make maybe one a year, one one in the first, like one maybe in like February, March, and maybe one more in like October, November, and yeah. leave it at that. It just depends. Quit doing three and four movies in a year, and Since, three and four series, like just like slow it down a little bit, right? Or if you see, like, and the thing is, if you're gonna do the films, like if you wanted to have the regular content, then do the TV series. You've got HBO Max and Disney Plus, respectively. Yeah. Make use of those. And yeah. Stop. Just stop. Yeah. I'm exhausted by you guys. Uh, next week we'll be looking at everything, this, everywhere, all at once. This is what I am excited for, and I actually made it a point to not watch my favorite YouTuber, the Birdman. Yeah. His review of this, his everything wrong with Cinema Sin's review of this film. Yeah. Because I want to watch this for myself. I cannot wait. From what you've told me, this is what Multiverse of Madness was supposed to be. So I am going to watch this. And I am actually going to force Sharon to watch it. I am going to duct tape her (laughs) ass to the couch with the dog. And we're watching this damn movie together. I'm excited for it. Um, I haven't seen it. 
but I, I am looking forward to it. And uh, we'll do that next week. And uh, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, et cetera, et cetera. And we will, oh, check out Tan Talks every, what what day are you guys Every Monday. We're doing these on Mondays. Um, The Last of Us show, um, it premieres on HBO Max every Sunday. Melinda D and I will be on on our YouTube channel exclusively talking episode three on Monday. So you can get it there. Thanks to those that have watched and, um, I have two birthday shout-outs I want to give before we go. Yeah, let's do it. First and foremost, I want to give a shout-out to the sunshine of my existence, my mini-me, my son, Brian Tan Jr., who is an avid Plotaholics fan. Y'all may have remember hearing him when he and I did our father-son review of Hobbs and Shaw. We didn't really like it. I also feel like he sat in on Space Jam. He also sat in on Space Jam as well. Yes, he did. So, um, happy birthday, 14 years old today, yesterday. Happy birthday to you, son. I love you very, very much. We're going to be playing Overwatch this weekend. And also to my good friend and sister, Angela Mancini, who she and my son share a birthday. That was very, very difficult when Brian Jr. was born because I didn't call her for her birthday that year. And she thought that I forgot. It was like, no, my kid was being born. I'm so sorry. So happy birthday to the two of you. Love you so, so much. And, um... Brian, former years comes adulthood, so enjoy it while you can. All right, and with that, I'm Shane Wilson, and that's the Scooby-Doo Crawdad, Brian Tan. (laughs) We'll see you guys next time. Take a trip with us to New Bob. Just promise not to drink the goo. If you get sucked into the Matrix, we will send the phone for you. Do you believe in fate? But every movie has a plot hole. And every hole gets filled somehow. Whiskey, wine, or blue milk. Just don't cut me off right now. With a Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man.